Welcome to Retriever Tales, a podcast from the Center for Democracy and Civic Life at UMBC, featuring conversations with members of our campus community. I am Candace Dodson-Reed. I use she, her, hers pronouns. My name is Rahman Liakath. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Dr. Kate Drabinsky. Uh, most people at UMBC call me Dr. Kate. My name is Reese Drabinsky. I use he, him pronouns. At the Center for Democracy and Civic Life, we believe that stories are everything. The act of telling and listening to each other's stories can bring us together as a community and enable us to work collectively in ways that help us all thrive. I'm your host, Therza Khan, she, her pronouns. I'm a senior information systems major here at UMBC. Today, we're speaking with Candace Dodson-Reed, the chief of staff at UMBC. Candace, go ahead and introduce yourself. All right. Thank you. First of all, I need to say I love this and I'm <laughs> excited to be on the podcast. I'm a massive podcast fan. I have a podcast. And so this is exciting. Uh, I am Candace Dodson-Reed. I use she, her, hers pronouns. And as you mentioned, I am the chief of staff to the president and executive director of our new Office of Equity and Inclusion. Hmm. So um, what part of your role do you enjoy the most? Mm, I love that question, actually. Um, and I get that question quite a bit uh, because I, I, I think I lean into this work a little bit differently from a chief of, mm-hmm. of staff perspective in that I love meeting with students. Love, love, love. I get mm-hmm. a ton of energy from students. I think I said last year at one of our public forums that I'm a parent of a college student and um, as much as I think I know about college students, the experience that I have at UMBC with interacting with students on our campus um, just mm-hmm. gives me, first it gives me such energy uh, because our students are mm-hmm. so thoughtful and engaged and really you know, wanting to do what's right and that gives me a ton of good energy. And then also hope because um, you know our students are working on big challenges on our campus community, in the city, and in our, our UMBC community and beyond. And, um, and it gives me such hope to see students doing such magnificent work all across the board, all disciplines, um, all races and cultures, religions, identities. So love, love, love working with students. And then of course, I have mm-hmm. to say, you know, I have a great boss with Dr. Freeman Urbowski. Um, I have learned so much from Dr. Urbowski Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole leadership team, frankly, but I've learned a ton from Dr. Urbowski, and um, he has empowered me and given me strength and courage to lead in the way that I do at the university, and so I would be remiss mm-hmm. without saying uh, I love that part, too. I learn something new every day. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Um, yeah. So can you tell me a little bit about how you got to UMBC in the first place? Sure. So I have two stories about how I got to UMBC so, because mm-hmm. I'm an under, I graduated from UMBC. So I was an, okay. an undergraduate student here. Um, and I actually transferred from Hampton University. And I transferred because I did not have, this is nothing against Hampton, but I didn't have a great experience at the university. Mm-hmm. I was looking for a university that um, I felt uh, where I could, where I sort of would fit in, where I would belong. Mm-hmm. And I found that I did a little bit of research before I came back to Maryland and found that at UMBC. And of course, we had, you know, Doc was my president as well. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, the university had an amazing reputation because of his leadership and because of the senior leaders at the university mm-hmm. uh, at the time, uh, and even the ones who are, who are currently there, uh, currently here now. And so um, 
So I came as a, uh, a 20 year old um, many years ago, and then I returned um, in uh, 2016. Um, is that right? Yeah, 2016. It'll almost be five years. Mm. Um, and I returned to be the AVP of communications and public affairs. Kind of stumbled upon the job. I was in a job that um, did not exactly line up with my values. Mm-hmm. And UMBC, I knew the values of the university, the culture of the university, and felt like it would be a wonderful place to return to. And applied for a job, Lisa Auction, in the, in the communications and marketing department. Um, actually, I was actually in a meeting with her, unrelated to any of the job opportunities at UMBC. We were actually meeting because I think I was going to present at like an alumni event or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she mentioned the job. Um, and then by the time I got home that night, the um, information was in my email from the recruiting firm that was hiring for the position. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like I, like the rest is history. <laughs> you know, I, I, I interviewed and came on board as AVP. And then two years later, uh, Freeman tapped me to be his chief of staff. Mm-hmm. And that was in 2018. I like to say I came back home. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you mentioned that uh, Dr. Bowski was the president when you were an undergrad how does it how does it feel to kind of come full full circle in that way and kind of be <laughs> in a leadership position to a role that you used to have as a student <laughs> I'll have to tell a story because I, I like to tell this story um so on the first day I um was talking with meeting with Dr. Abowski about an article that I was writing with him and mm-hmm. I was interviewing him, and the way that Dr. Rabowski interacts with people um, on his team, I mean, he has just, like, the just amazing personality, and he's like that in the office. And Mm -hmm. so he started talking about values and inclusion, and and this this was actually for an environmental piece, but he was was making the point that these, this sort of ingredients and the, you know, the culture that we have at UMBC with the inclusive excellence and social justice and that sort of stuff – and how that translated into the environmental movement or should translate into the environmental movement. And so I was sitting there and I had a laptop and, you know, at first I was taking copious notes. Mm-hmm. And then I just started sitting there listening to him. I mean, he was it was almost like he was giving a speech and I was yeah. sitting there listening and I was like, oh, and listening and listening. And then I realized I'm not taking any notes whatsoever. <laughs> I'm just sitting there like like I was as an undergraduate student, just listening to him talk and just feeling so engaged by the conversation. And then he stops mm-hmm. and he says, um, are you taking notes? And I was like, oh. I was like, <laughs> I, wa- I was, and this is like day one. Yeah. Right? And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm flunking on day one. That is horrible. And I was like, I was, and then you were talking and I got all into it and I was listening. And mm-hmm. so no, the answer is no, I stopped taking notes. Um, and he was like, and he's so sweet. He's like, let's just go back. <laughs> and, um, and I was like, you can do that again. You're incredible. So, I mean, I guess, you know, day one, it felt very, um, it felt a little surreal. Like I was yeah. like, I cannot wow. believe I'm sitting here in this space and, um, and have the opportunity to work with Dr. Bowski. And then, you know, we kind of hit our, our stride and our groove. Uh, you know, we have a relationship of trust and, um, you know, we, we, we kind of built that trust over the years. Um, but, um, I thought it was important to have a close relationship with him to sort of understand his vision for the university. And I had to learn to step out of being the student who called him doc for a long time. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even call him Freeman. He was like, please call me Freeman. And I was like, (laughs) um, so I had to step out of that, you know, that role, 
um, mm-hmm. that I was in as an undergraduate student and really think about how I could support him and his vision for the university with our external folks and with our internal folks. Um, and so it was a bit of a shift and a mindset shift, um, but, but I'm there now. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so what is the story of the most UMBC thing that you have ever experienced? <laughs> Okay, so I, I have to say this, and I hope no one you know, t- sort of takes offense to this. I don't think they will. So I find UMBC to be, like, the most collaborative place in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm talking about from faculty, students, and staff. And I can remember um, we were addressing some of the challenges that we faced as a university in 2018 mm-hmm. um, and, um, and working, you know, through that, the challenges with students, faculty, and staff. You know, and I was having meeting after meeting after meeting, and I was sort of getting drained, even though I wanted to listen to literally everyone. I I wanted to hear from everyone. And the Mm -hmm. most UMBC thing to me is that literally everyone will participate and and contribute. I mean, it is, it's amazing. And sometimes I'm like, oh my goodness, does everyone want to, you know, literally everyone wants to participate. And then I step back and I think how fortunate we are to be at a university where that's the case. Yeah. Like students are not afraid to come knock on my door or set up a meeting with me to, to let me know how they feel. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the most UMBC thing, one of the most UMBC things in my opinion is that literally everyone <laughs> will contribute. Everyone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. and that's such a great, wonderful thing. It's fun. Yeah. Was that the case when you were an undergraduate student or has that shift happened over the years? I think the shift has happened. I mean, I was a little bit of an introvert, which is mm-hmm. hard to believe now, but I was an introvert <laughs> as, a, as a student. Um, and and so, but I, but I was in touch with, you know, certainly activists, uh, activism and um, activists on our campus. I feel like it's a little different. And I think part of it has to do with social media and access and students mm-hmm. have access to um, much more information than I felt like I had, um, you know, at, at your fingertips, like you have it immediately. There's that instant gratification piece. And so I think students have, you know, I even see this with my college student, much more access to information and um, and want to act based on the, the information that they have. And so I think the you know, there's always been activists from, you know, this, you know, my father was an activist in the 60s, for example. Um, and I certainly, I did the Million Mom March when I became a, a mother in 2000, right? And, mm-hmm. and have done subsequent marches and active, had an activism role um, after that, and even a little bit before that. Um, but I think um, the students today, I just, I think there's the activism piece, but what, what I love even more is that because um, it's okay, protest is fine, that's fine. Um, but what I love even more at UMBC is that after the protest, there's the, how do we work on the solution? Like, what are the solutions to these challenges? Mm-hmm. And UMBC students are special in that way, and I don't think I experienced that in the same way when I was an undergraduate student. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and really, I mean, I have students coming with solutions to these big problems. They're like, you know, I saw this on whatever, here's, a, here's what's happening when, when we were forming the Office of Equity and Inclusion, I had students coming and saying, here are the best practices. We did a little research and we found out what, you know, they did at University of X or, or X, you know, university and, um, and came with real data and, and information to help mm-hmm. shape that process. And, um, I, you know, I don't, I don't remember it being quite like that. And again, I was an introvert, so maybe they were doing that and I just was not aware. 
Um, but I do think the level of access that students have today and the interest in really working on our challenges, both as a university and as a country, um, has, has sort of given a rise to this, uh, to, a, to a level of activism that I have not seen before. You mm. see it even broadly with, you know, I think about the, the unfortunate Parkland shooting, right, and the student activists that came out of that related to, uh, to gun violence, and, yeah. um, and, and they're still raising their voice, right, and, and inspiring people all around the world. Um, you think of the young woman who's the environmental activist um, who talks about climate change. Her first name is Greta, and I'm blanking on her last name. Uh, Thunberg. Um, yeah, Greta Thunberg. And, yes. Yep. And and um, and what she's doing. And you think about the students who have lifted their voices to stand up against racial injustice and mm-hmm. stand up for LGBTQ rights. And I mean, I'm just inspired by it. And um, I'm grateful that we have that level of activism on our campus as well. Yeah. So going forward, um, what kinds of things do you hope and wish for the UMBC community? Like, what kinds of goals do you have for us? Um, I hope that we can, con- you know, we are in some difficult times. And I wrote a piece that you probably saw for the Center for Democracy and Civic mm-hmm. Life on sort yeah. of the, the after the election reflection. And I we're in difficult times. We're dealing with a, a pandemic related to the worst public health crisis that we've seen in our lifetimes, right? Mm-hmm. We're dealing with another pandemic related to racial injustice, right? We're dealing with a country that is divided currently mm-hmm. over an election that happened two weeks ago, right? And we're, we're, they're still not resolved there. And we have a lot of healing to do. I think and I hope that the UMBC community can... Um, can lead in a way in which we show other people how to do this, how mm-hmm. to say, you know what, we may disagree on whatever topic or we may disagree on whatever issue, but we can agree on these things. We can agree that um, on, the, on the collective values of our university, we can agree that everyone is a human being and deserves certain rights, right? And deserves to be treated fairly and right. And my hope yeah. is that we set the example for the nation on how to do that with the work in the center, of course. Um, we also have the I3B Center. We have the mm-hmm. Office of Equity and Inclusion. And we have the smartest faculty and staff and students, I'm going to say, in the country, in the world. Yeah. <laughs> we, are, we are, look, I'm biased, right? I am biased. <laughs> but, um, but any day you can step outside on our campus and you can hear students talking about when we're on campus and you mm-hmm. can hear students talking about any of the biggest issues that we're grappling with and they're they're trying to think it through and it's students of all races and cultures and identities mm-hmm. and religions really sitting down and trying to work on these challenges and my hope is that we continue to do that and that we set the tone for how civil discourse should happen on a college campus yeah yeah absolutely um so is there anything else that you would like to share um, no, just, you know, I, I, I know I said this already, but I'm just so inspired by our students, um, inspired <laughs> yeah. by our faculty. I get the op- opportunity as chief of staff to interact, you know, with students, faculty, and staff broadly, right? Like, you know, I, I mm-hmm. am fortunate in that way. And, um, and I just, it, it's inspiring. You know, I, I was thinking about 
the fact that, you know, we are in these multiple pandemics and such division in our country. And I'm, I feel so fortunate that during this time, when it feels overwhelming at times, that I work at UMBC. Mm-hmm. I feel very fortunate that that's the case because I do, it gives you some relief, you know, that you can go into the workplace and I can interact with our campus community and feel like, um, and feel like we really are trying to do what's right. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, and I'm, I'm encouraged by that from both President Rabowski um, and all of our students, faculty, and staff. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for uh, sitting down with me, um, having this wonderful conversation. Um, it's been enlightening and inspiring. And um, yeah, I just really appreciate it. Well, thank you very much for the invitation and thank you for your work on this. Like I said, I'm a fan and I will be sure to tune in. Thanks for joining us on Retriever Tales. Keep up with the Center for Democracy and Civic Life by following us on Instagram and Twitter at CivicLifeUMBC and find other Retriever Tales episodes at civiclife.umbc.edu slash retrievertales. We believe that stories are everything. What tales do you have to tell, and how do they connect you with the larger story of us all together in community?